Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nerdy for 30, the podcast where we talk about nerdyish movies for 30-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer, a.k.a. The Critic's Choice. With me, as always, is my co-host, Tim Keck, the People's Champ. And today, we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is not a great movie. <laughs> it's not great. It's not bad. It's not great. Tim, do you agree? It's certainly not great. It is the kind of lukewarm, milk toast uh, movie that makes for a very interesting podcast. Uh, yeah, I said sarcastically. Yeah, like there's no, it's, there's nothing too polarizing about it. It's just like a straight up, you know, it's like uh, at best it's air, you know? Sure. It is very middle ground. I do think it does a great job. I do. I did feel like I was watching an Indiana Jones movie, though. They they hit a lot of the beats. I like the music. Harrison Ford is somehow uh, still has it and also very much doesn't have it. And it's and it's great. I don't know. I it's fun to watch him. It's a fun adventure. I, it's fun. I had a good time. I had a good time watching it. Is it as good as the original three? No, but it's better than the Crystal Skull. Wouldn't you agree? Didn't he clear the Crystal Skull? Here's the thing. <clears throat> no, I don't agree. I went back and rewatched <laughs> Crystal Skull. I think Crystal Skull has some real strengths that this movie doesn't reach. So we talked briefly in our review preview about you know, the basements and the ceilings for some of these different movies we've reviewed this year. And I think the ceiling and basement conversation comes into play here where Crystal Skull has some very high ceilings, obviously some very low basements. That scene with Shia swinging with the monkeys is unforgivable. Nuking the fridge, unforgivable. But everything else is pretty good, and it really does reach some great heights. This one has more stunted range where it never really reaches the same heights that Crystal Skull does, but it also doesn't do anything as bad. And even though, if you've never listened to the pod before, we do spoil movies, so stop now if you haven't seen this, don't want to spoil Even though they did something batshit insane with the time travel thing and the third act <laughs> that I definitely want to talk a lot about here, it still wasn't as bad as the aliens in the end of Crystal Skull. That one on the rewatch, still totally brutal. So I really think they're pretty much equivalent movies. I think it balances out so that we have the other three movies and then these two tied for fourth place. Talk me down. Maybe I need to rewatch Crystal Skull because I just I don't remember anything good about it or honestly anything too bad about it. The fridge thing, it's like I know everybody's like the fridge thing is insane, but they don't know how sturdy those fridges were back in the 60s. They were industrial strength. That's the kind of stuff they put in the space shuttle. All right. It makes sense that it survived a nuke. And honestly, if anything bad ever happens, I go right to the fridge. Uh, but uh, my doctor said that's a problem. <laughs> said I'm coping with food, but also safety. That's what I say. It's a bomb. It's, it's safety in case a nuke goes off. Um, yeah, I don't know the, <clears throat> I don't know if I have like the most attachment to Indiana Jones in general. It's certainly not like high up in my echelon of, you know, uh, worlds or what do you call it? Series, movie series or sure, I don't franchises. know. Franchise. Yes. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word franchise, but too busy thinking about eating. <laughs> <laughs> 
talking about fridges, I'm like, dang, I wonder if there's anything good in my fridge. You ever just like, <laughs> like, you know, there's nothing there, but you still open the door like just in case. I don't know yeah. who else is going shopping for me, but you never know. Something could appear. Usually it's covered in mold and it's been in the back for a while, but. Oh, God. <laughs> never know. I hope that's where we get with AI at some point is a smart house situation where if you've ever played around chat GPT, there's that button you can click to regenerate the response because you didn't like what it said. That's where our descendants will be with opening the fridge. They'll open it up. There's nothing in there. They shut it. They open it back up. Totally different things. <laughs> you can just shuffle through what you got. Yeah, it's all got to be the same atoms. They can only use the same flavors, the same combinations. But so it's like an apple, but then it's like apple, but looks like spaghetti. And then it's like apple that looks like a meatloaf, but it's still apple. Yeah, I guess you're right. This is a nightmare scenario. I'm going hologram. I'm picturing there's some sort of a way that like the food teleports, kind of like the people in Star Trek. So you open the door and then there's a bunch of holograms and you select the milk hologram, and then that's when the energy and resources go towards actually creating the milk. And then you can, you know, reach through. So you can just kind of shuffle like through, a few, through, through for a few things. Because I think people, it's like the, the movie theater, you know, you can bring mm-hmm. the joy of media into your own home now. You can just turn on Netflix or HBO or whatever. Actually, not Netflix. Let's, I'm not supporting Netflix anymore after they uh, they cut me off from my parents' account. Fuck Netflix, HBO all the way, I guess. And, you know, you reach in the fridge and you're the Russell, the Russell Mm -hmm. through the fridge to find something is as nostalgic as walking through a blockbuster. I think that we can't ever lose that as a society. Speaking of rustling around, they somehow found uh, a very (laughs) flawless landing, (laughs) an interesting way to capture the spirit of Indiana Jones, which I thought I thought the opening to this was kind of really fun (laughs) and him on the horse out in the street. It's Harrison Ford is a charisma machine. And every time they're kind of zoomed out a little bit and he's got a jacket on and his hat or he's just talking and it's like his face. I'm like, this is he's still the same guy. And then, you know, he tries to run and his like he just looks a little stiff and just does like the old man run. And it's like. You know, they like CGI'd his face at the beginning. It was a little uh, it was a little weird. It was it was a little uh, a little weird. But a part of me is also like, just go for it. Just do it. Just just put Harrison Ford's face on a younger body and have him keep doing stuff, because I don't believe that he's actually hanging from a wall. I don't believe that he's actually like riding this horse. I don't believe that he's actually knocking a man out in one punch. And it's fine. And he's he's in great shape. He looks great. He's a charisma machine. They even have a shirtless scene up top. Like, wow, look at how cut he is. Look at this guy's ready to go. Like, you can believe this is. And I'm like, he looks like a great in shape old man who I like. I, I believe it. He's got he's got some some pythons. He's done some sure. curls for the girls. It's just if he drops something, is he going to be able to bend over and pick it up? That's my main concern. Like it's it's an, it's a mobility agility type situation. It's you know, is is a horse galloping through the street going to realign his spine in a way that makes him unable to function for the rest of the film? That's my concern. And I don't know. It, it definitely took me out of it at parts was how distracting was it to see Harrison Ford's age? It was extremely distracting. It's distracting (laughs) from two angles for the actual movie itself and for the fact 
that Disney dug him up to do this. He should be in shrinking. Shrinking is the most physical exertion he should be doing right now. I've seen a couple episodes of Shrinking. It's a bizarre and inexplicable show, but it's enjoyable. They know how to make something purely watchable, but I don't fully understand the tone of it while it's happening. But he's doing some comedy in there and mostly sitting on couches. He sits on park benches a lot. He sits in the office. That should be his speed right now. It's very strange to see Indiana Jones as an older guy doing all this. And them expecting us as the audience to not be concerned about him while he is doing it. This isn't even... So Harrison Ford, I looked this up. Harrison Ford is 80. Call it 79 when they were filming this. Playing a 70-year-old Indiana Jones. But this is a 70-year-old in the year 1969. It's not like a modern-day 70-year-old where you have... (laughs) Celebrex and other modern medications that allow people to have greater mobility. It's not like, yeah, we don't have MRIs. I fact check me on this. I don't think we were ripping out MRIs in 1969. Left and right, man. Left and right. (laughs) (laughs) They're giving them out. Uh, It's how they scanned you at the airport in 1969. (laughs) They'd run you through an MRI. That's what happens when you tax the rich, baby. This is go back and watch a movie. Go back and watch, go back and watch Star Wars A New Hope. Didn't we figure out that there's only like a 14 year age gap between Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan in the first Star Wars movie and Ewan McGregor playing him now? Look at how different those people look. That's how you aged back then. That is how everyone aged. Golden Girls aging. Milk in the sun. Yeah. Oh, that's another one. The the Sex and the City reboot. I think they are either the same age now or older than the Golden Girls and the Golden Girls pilot. Wild. Yeah. It is a different, a different it vibe. is the future. It's 50 years later. People age differently. We are better at keeping people alive and in good shape. 1969, Indiana Jones is dead six seconds into this movie. <laughs> just natural cause. He just dies. He's giving his lecture. He hates the fact that everyone is not paying attention to him. That's it. He has the same kind of injuries that uh, Bruce Wayne has in like the Dark Knight Rises and oh the doctor God. and like Tom Lennon comes in and he's like, you have no cartilage in your knees and, <laughs> and he needs like a full body brace. And this is fucking Batman and he needs some machine exoskeleton in order to walk. And Indiana Jones is just like, yep, been shot nine times and I'm still kicking. It's it's a little bit of a stretch. I I especially because physicality is such a big part of Indiana Jones. Yes. Him running around him, dodging stuff. It's this weird action tier where I would put like a lot of Jackie Chan stuff, you know, like a Shanghai noon Mm. where or even like a jungle cruise or kind of Pirates of the Caribbean esque where there's just a lot of movement. And the action is them coming up with a creative way to move through the scenery and to move through their environment and utilize it in an intelligent way to like outsmart the bad guy or to, or to get through a cave I'm excited. I was excited when they went like back underground and they were doing like the cave exploring and, and they're in the dark. I like when they are doing the archeology span stuff, they really captured that. And young CGI Indy was kicking all kinds of ass. He's running all over the place. He's sliding off things. They're fighting on a train and it's like, okay, this is what I'm expecting from Indiana Jones. I'm a little surprised. Are you, First off, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, amazing. She's just so good. Incredible. 
no yeah. notes. She's she's brilliant. I would love to hang out with her. She just seems like a cool person, uh, a, a great hang. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, what can she do? She's incredible. I was kind of wondering if she would be taking on the physical load that Harrison Ford couldn't. And I don't think she did. It didn't. She wasn't doing action scenes. She wasn't outsmarting people. She was kind of doing the kind of physical activity that Harrison Ford should have been doing. Yeah. (laughs) She's why she like climbs a wall very convincingly. And I guess ultimately jumping ahead, I don't know if I necessarily see a passing of the torch here. I don't think Phoebe Waller Bridge Bridge as a character in this film didn't have enough to do to prove that she could be the next Indiana Jones or that she could carry her own franchise going forward. I certainly especially with that kid she's with, like we don't need to see him again. You know, he was it's like a little black hole of charisma. It's just kind of all getting sucked away. <laughs> whatever Phoebe is like putting out, he is just storing it away for later. <laughs> and whatever. He's a kid. So whatever. I shouldn't be criticizing this guy. That kid is going to come back in 50 years and sweep the Oscars. That is I'm the sure. trajectory. That is how that happens. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be sweeping up the theater after everybody leaves. That guy <laughs> isn't good for a goddamn thing, dude. <laughs> What an uninteresting person who just seems like just has no interest in what's going on. Uninteresting. We're talking about a kid that murdered a man in cold blood in this movie. Now, granted, that man was a Nazi, so he was doing the world a service. But he this guy's what he's <laughs> would you say 14 between 12 and 14 in this movie? Helena yeah, said sure. she met him when he was 10 and they seemed like they were together for a while. This dude handcuffs a man to a great underwater, swims away. That's the first notch on his belt. This kid's not slowing down. He's got the taste for it now. <laughs> she met him when he was 10. So yeah. is she like, I don't know, teaching him how to read. Do 10 year old 10 year olds know how to read? Is she <laughs> part of me was like, oh, so she's like raising this child. I guess 10's like kind of old enough, right? Where you could be picked up by a stranger and, and be like, a, you know, do a little street rat thing with them and still turn out. OK, Tim, I could get picked up by a stranger tomorrow. There's no age limit on this. I could have someone just functionally adopt me tomorrow and show me the way. <laughs> but you would fail in that situation, whereas this guy rose to the occasion. It's and a I'm wondering what kind of what separates him from the pack, you know, like if it'd be funny if she found him when he was six and she like has to change diapers or whatever. I, have, I guess I have no concept for age six. when it comes to children. <laughs> like. Six, a man. I was I was shitting my pants every day as a six year old. Constant, constant. Oh, getting the demons out. I have I have no idea when she picked him up, but I do want to circle back to the idea of what ends up happening with her in the franchise because I feel like I knew they weren't going to hand the reins off to her as soon as I found out her name is Helena Shaw. There's just yeah. no good ring to it. <laughs> Even Mutt Williams and Crystal Skull. It's like, it's not great, but you can kind of do something with it. Helena Shaw just sticks wrong in the brain when you're trying to think about it. There's already a Hobbs and Shaw. They can't roll out a Helena Shaw. No, think about I'm, all the confusion. All the confused Jason Statham fans are going to show up. Does the timeline work for this? For her to no. be Jason Statham's mom in the Fast franchise? <laughs> Is I would Helen kind Mirren? of love that. Yeah. Young Helen Mirren. I think wow. that that's how canon for me now. Indiana Jones, fast franchise, same universe. <laughs> I think so. I think it works. I think it maps. 
dude for the for the franchise in general the fact that they weren't allowing her to do more physical stuff because she did she had the car chase there were a few things that she had that you know she got to do some stunts with but the fact that they wouldn't let her take over the more physical aspect of this franchise is i think the big change that i would have liked to see out of crystal skull and out of this movie which also this is a whole side tangent on what go down now but it did feel like a lot of this movie was just an attempt to recontextualize things that they tried to do in Crystal Skull with like a descendant of Indiana Jones. But in both of those things, in both those movies, they refused to let Indiana Jones take on a new role within the franchise, despite the character's age. So when I was rewatching Crystal Skull, I couldn't quite shake the feeling that watching Indy, I think he was like 70 at the time playing or 60 something at the time, but I think Indiana Jones was supposed to be like 64 um, it felt strange watching him wear the leather jacket and the fedora again in that movie it felt a little bit like watching somebody have a midlife crisis and try to recapture what was cool about them when they were younger. I would have loved to see them roll out more character development that they set the stage for in Last Crusade and have him maybe wearing something a little bit closer to what his dad was wearing in that movie. Maybe not all the way. He doesn't have to do the bow tie and everything, but let him go in that direction a little bit more. Let the younger people in the cast take over more of the physical perspectives. See what happens if we move Indiana Jones into more of the mentor figure role, kind of similar to what they did in The Last Jedi with Han Solo. Yeah, but I think there's a problem, because I was having the same thought, which mm -hmm. I think is a rational thought <laughs> to have. I think we're just forgetting the fact that this is Indiana Jones, right? It's not Star Wars. It's not Lord of the Rings. It's named after the guy in it. It's yeah. you can't have it'd be like if you, I don't know, watched Oprah and Gail's filling in. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, <laughs> sure. She's taking on the physical load that Oprah can't. But still, I want, I want Oprah's old timey takes in there. She's doing all the stunts that Oprah can't or won't anymore in that show. <laughs> yeah. Ten years into her career, it's won't. But, you know, she can move when she wants to. Oprah, mm -hmm. it's not a, it's never a can't for Oprah. Uh, yeah, it's they ex, they need that. Like it needs the hat. He needs to put on, like I paid to see Indiana Jones. He needs to do something with a whip. He has to put on the jacket. He has to put on the hat. He has to like figure out a trap. He has to pick up a MacGuffin and then just like ramble about it for a while in a way where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Just a MacGuffin, MacGuffin, MacGuffin and MacGuffin, MacGuffin, MacGuffin. And I'm like, yes, of course, the Library of Alexandra. And then, then they travel to some other part of the world. He's like, I don't like snakes. And then that's kind of the end of the movie. You know, usually something insane happens. Aliens, time travel, whatever. But we need to hit the Indiana Jones notes. We need the music. We need all that stuff. This is purely a nostalgia bag at this point. And I think it's done after Harrison Ford. I don't think there's any way to pass it on in a way that would make sense unless. You know, the next movie can't be Helena Shaw. It's got to be. Yeah, Jungle Cruise or something like they yeah. have to. They could just call it Temple of Doom or whatever the equivalent is and have Helena Shaw in it. But I don't know. I don't think I don't see people coming out for it, which is a bummer because I, I, I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think she's a star, but I don't think she has star power yet, at least in the movie uh, industry. I think, yeah, I'm right there with you. I love her. I think she's still building a wider reputation with audiences. But I think even if she were a huge star naming a movie Helena Shaw 
is a strike against the movie just because it that really name is. is not compelling. Indiana Jones. It's got a great ring to it. It's the perfect number of syllables. It just feels good to say. Helena yeah. Shaw does not stick in the same way. That's really unfortunate. I wish they had yeah, given she... her a better name. It's a weird gripe, but I really wish they'd given her a better name. Yeah, pick a boring, a boring last name and a state, and you're good to go. Like Montana Smith, and all of a sudden you've got you got something there, you know? There you are. Uh, I was even thinking the last name Ravenwood, like Miriam Ravenwood. Miriam doesn't work for a first name for like a franchise character like that, but Ravenwood as a surname. That's something you can cook with. There's something interesting there. Um, I think I think there's something with Indiana Jones where it's multi-syllable first name, single syllable last name. That is that's like the beat. Something mm. about Ravenwood or whatever just seems like a little too big of a mouthful. Like it's reversed. Marion Ravenwood. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is a whole barrel of worms. I mean, they could just name it Teddy and we could just follow his adventures going forward. As he, you know, goes through therapy after after some of the most brutal kills in this movie. There, this is this is like a PG thirteen, and there are absolutely traumatic deaths in this. <laughs> Teddy locks a grown man to a grate underwater to drown to death, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god! There is a point where a guy runs into a bunch of ba- like a stack of bamboo, but it's coming at him. Uh, you know, uh, like, uh, oh, God, what was that horror movie where where oh, Final uh, Destination? Yeah. Final, <laughs> yeah. This one guy gets hit with bamboo, like at the final destination angle where, you know, some bamboos like going right through him. But we're already past it. We, we we see the hit and then we're gone. We're missing all of it. It just seems like there were some crews. Their buddies were scuba diving. The ropes get cut. And that guy fucking <laughs> he just he's fucking <laughs> gone, dude. He's it was also it was also crazy that he's like no he, for some reason this seasoned diver like this is one of the best frogmen around right or at least his buddy mm. his 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 instinct when the rope is cut I got to get to the bottom of the ocean as fast as possible <laughs> I gotta I gotta race down there and then I was like oh shit they are fucked there's no way out of this and Indiana Jones just punches her life vest it inflates and she rockets to the surface and I'm like what happened to the other guy the seasoned diver who probably lent her the vest you can't inflate that thing and get to the surface why are you drowning at the bottom of the ocean about to be eel food it makes I'll tell no you sense exactly why Tim because this movie is full of parallels and callbacks and that was a call forward to Indiana Jones at the end of the movie that man saw the end coming he's like I spent my life in the sea I'll spend my death <laughs> (laughs) in the sea (laughs) yeah and i'm not the captain of this boat so i'll just go down with the sea in general (laughs) it's over for me i'm just pulling the plug yeah and then just a pretty brutal uh i'm staying behind from indiana jones i think they hit it hard enough don't you yeah absolutely (laughs) that was uh that was a strange one i'm really glad with the fact that he got knocked out and brought back to the present for a hot second I thought they were heading towards a situation where he actually stays there. They go back to the present and then look at the tomb next to Archimedes. And it's just the fedora inside of the tomb or like a fedora sculpted <laughs> onto a tomb. Um, I hated the time travel. I know that there are supernatural yeah. elements in all the other movies. 
I've seen that argument all over the place. I'm aware of the fact that the theme of this movie is that Indiana Jones didn't feel like he belonged in his present anymore, and he was obsessed with history, and yet was blind to the fact that history was happening all around him, and he resented the modern day and all that. I'm aware of it all, but that's another uniting factor of Crystal Skull in this movie is that there's too much of the supernatural thing. It also doesn't help that I feel like time travel and aliens are two big, big, big flavors that really influence the rest of the dish. And I kind of feel like it's hard to drop those things in there unless the entire movie is constructed around the idea of them. And I just don't think it's compatible in the same way that them opening the Ark of the Covenant and some spirits coming out, but then they don't even look at it or the Holy Grail doing something that's mystical, but not completely batshit insane. There's no CGI Jesus that comes out and heals Sean Connery's bullet wound. It's just he pours a little bit of water from magical cup on it. It's all more based in history. So it feels nicer. It's mythology. Yeah. The first three are mythology and he's hunting myths and led their legends. They're real stories that we still tell today. And then the next one is aliens, which is feels very out of left field. I guess it's there's a way to connect that. And then this is time travel, which, again, is not I guess they're chasing an artifact. But then it really is. It really is just a MacGuffin. There's no. I don't know. You just travel through. There's also I also feel like with this time travel stuff. When they get there, they find the guy. He's wearing a watch. Yeah. And the tomb already has an eagle with wings on it. So this stuff already happened. So in the timeline they are currently living in, they went back in time, did this thing, and it had no effect on the present. Like everything like the there. This is. Yeah, this is not the Avengers where they can go into the past and make a change. This is everything that you do traveling through time has already been done. And this is all one giant continuity, which I find a pretty incompelling. For an action movie, for a hero, for a journey, it's saying that everything is destined. Fate is a very uninteresting story to me. (laughs) You're just why are we doing this? Well, because he was born that way. (laughs) That's that's it. You know, there's no. Yeah, it's the literal opposite of suspense. It's a bootstrap paradox. It will happen because it already did happen. So why would we care? (laughs) As soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, so none of this none of this matters. Everything they're about to do doesn't doesn't have an impact on the story. That's fine. Whatever. There is also a theme, I thought, of Indiana Jones running away where Mm. his personal life is in shambles. He lost his son. His wife left because of that, because that's obviously that's like a very real thing of dealing with the loss of his kid. And instead of actually dealing with it or trying to rebuild his relationship or reach out to this person he cares about, it's easier to throw himself into this adventure. It's easier to stay in the past and do all of this stuff. And I think if that's the story you're trying to tell, there's other ways to do it that don't involve going back in time to see Archimedes. I I was kind of also like, (laughs) is this the timeline that Indy wants to stay in? They go back to see Archimedes and it's, you haven't talked about Archimedes in any other movies, right? He's not right. It's so why is this, but this is your real love. This is the time period you want to go for. This is where you're destined to be from a man who just kind of appreciates all history. It seemed like a weird, 
a weird narrow focus on that. I mean, this is just kind of the one that he had the option for, right? Like if I asked you right, right. now if you want to be a superhero and you're like, yeah, and the option that I give you is like Savage Dragon, you'd probably be like, I mean, <laughs> sure. Like being <laughs> Savage Dragon would be cooler than anything else, but you're not going to be Wolverine. <laughs> Yeah, even if I was Wolverine, how useful is that? You know, I can't claw anyone <laughs> at work. I'm not taking a lot of damage in my everyday life. You know, how do you make money off that? I'll just be at Coney Island with the other freaks just cutting myself for a show. That's a miserable existence you're cursing somebody with, with, with Wolverine. There's a lot of heroes you I would not want to be. And uh, yeah, I guess Indiana Jones isn't one of them. Yeah. But uh, you got so... There were a lot of other brutal deaths and stuff that seems to be par for the course because you've been watching rewatching these movies, right? Mm-hmm. Violence is just a theme throughout, right? It's a Jaws PG, not oh, a yeah. uh, <laughs> that's that's what that's what it is now, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. Like Alfred Molina might be the first casualty of an Indiana Jones movie and he's shown like stabbed through the head. I was trying to determine whether or not it would be okay to show my niece who is for Indiana Jones. So I put the first few minutes of Raiders on and as soon as he gets stabbed through the face, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, no. No, this is a little, <laughs> we're going to wait till after four for this one. Um, yeah, even Crystal Skull, a guy, I think more horrific than anything we saw in this, a guy is carried by giant ants into an anthill like he's getting eaten already by these like three inch long ants and thousands of them carry him into an anthill that's the worst death i can imagine terrifying terrifying i mean i had nightmares as a kid i guess for some reason i'd seen temple of doom the most Mm. but it was on one halloween and i came into the room as a little kid and the only scene and i just remember so vividly him reaching into that guy's chest and like pulling the heart out and I, I had nightmares about that forever. That was a, a traumatic scene to go through. But I'm better now. Things Man. worked out. Would you say, Kevin? Would you say Indiana Jones is better or worse than The Flash? I'd say that's tough. That is right. That's I a good one. I think I actually had more fun watching The Flash than Indiana Jones. I think so, too. Yeah. Better or worse than Evil Dead Rise? Better. Better. Okay, so it's right there, right wow. below the flash in between Evil Dead Rise. That makes sense to me. That that fits. I like that. Yeah, that feels good. I just got one <laughs> final thought that I want to drop in here. I thought this was cool. interesting. Friend of the pod, Corey Barnes reached out. He alerted me Ooh. to the fact that Helena Shaw, if she is being prepared to take over the franchise in some way, is basically at the same point in her character arc as Indy was in Temple of Doom, Temple of Doom being a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark and reversing or just showing an earlier state of Indy uh, before all the character growth he had in Raiders. He's mostly just trying to sell these artifacts, make money off it. Fortune and glory, kid, fortune and glory. That's exactly where, exactly where Helena is. So some people online are speculating that that could be setting the groundwork for her to have her own kind of mirror story arc to Indy. I've been thinking about it today. Personally, I think it is more to frame her as a foil for Indiana Jones at the end of his adventures to encounter himself from the beginning of his adventures. Cause that feels like it fits the whole, like everything comes together in the end deal. They're doing this the whole movie, right? I think that's right. She's, she's basically a young Indiana Jones. She even has a kid sidekick. Uh, <laughs> she's in it for the wrong reasons, but really in it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. I mean, they, they are good foils for each other and she's crushing it and she's great on screen. And 
Yeah, man. I, I still had a decent time watching this. Not going to lie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. Don't know if I'm going to watch it again anytime soon, but. Yeah, fun. same. I'll probably watch it one more time just to catch all the little like call forwards and callbacks that they did. So what do you think? Was this movie about on par with Crystal Skull? Is it way better? Is it way worse? Let us know. Send us an email, nerdy430 at gmail.com. That's nerdy spelled out, four spelled out, the number 30 at gmail.com. Check us out on Substack. We're on there. Just go to nerdy430.com. It'll bring you to our Substack. You can subscribe. We're sending out a weekly newsletter with each one of these pods. You'll get that. Get a little recommendation from us every week. It's free. Go check it out. It'll be fun. We will be back here next week with Spider-Man 2 from 2003. Until then, thank you for listening. Stay nerdy, everybody. Energy, light the beam. Light the beam. Oh, I forgot to say that. Oh, well. Bye. <laughs> Bye.